only to make her be quiet and stop jerking. But when I took my hands away, there was blood upon them. I think she must have bitten her own tongue or made her nose bleed. I did not even know it for blood at first. It looked so black and seemed so warm and thick, like sealing wax. And even with the blood in her mouth, she shrieked, until finally the row brought Mrs. Brink. I heard her footsteps in the hall and then a voice that was frightened. She called. Mr. Hawes? What is it? Are you injured? Are you hurt? And when Madeline heard that, she gave a twist, then cried out, clear as anything. Mrs. Brink! Mrs. Brink! They are trying to murder me! Then Peter leaned and hit her on her cheek, and after that she lay very quiet and still. Then I thought we really might have killed her. I said, Peter, what have you done? Go back. You must go back. But as he stepped to the cabinet, there came a rattling at the handle of the door, and Mrs. Brink was there. She had brought her own key with her and had opened the door with that. She was holding a lamp. I said, Close the door. Here is Peter. Look, and the light is hurting him. But she said only, What has happened? What have you done? She looked at Madeline lying stiff upon the parlour floor with all her red hair about her, and then at me in my torn petticoat, and then at the blood upon my hands, which was not black now, but scarlet. Then she looked at Peter. He had his hands before his face and was crying. Take the light away. But his gown was open and his white legs showed. And Mrs. Brink would not take the lamp away until at last it began to shake. Then she cried, Oh! And she looked at me again and at Madeline again and she put her hand upon her heart. She said, Not her too. And then, Oh, Mama! Mama! Then she laid the lamp aside and turned her face against the wall. And when I went to her, she put her fingers upon my bosom and pushed me from her. I looked once for Peter then, but he had gone. There was only the curtain, dark and shivering, and marked with a mark of silver from his hand. And after all, it is Mrs. Brink that has died, not Madeline. Madeline had only fainted, and when her maid got her dressed, she took her to another room, and I heard her walking about and crying there. But Mrs. Brink grew weaker and weaker, until finally she could not stand at all. Then Ruth came running, calling, What is the matter? And she made her lie upon the parlour sofa all the time, pressing her hand and saying, You will soon be well. I am sure of it. Look, here am I, and here is Miss Dawes that love you. I thought that Mrs. Brink looked then as if she longed to speak but could not. And when Ruth saw that, she said we must send out for a doctor. Then she stayed holding tight to Mrs. Brink's hand while he examined her, weeping and saying she would not let it go. Mrs. Brink died soon after. She never said another word, Ruth said, except to call again for her mamma.
The doctor said that dying ladies very often do become like children. He said her heart was very swollen and must always have been weak. He thought it a wonder she had lived so long as this. He might have gone then and not thought to ask what startled her, but Mrs. Sylvester came while he was here and she made him go and look at Madeline. Madeline has marks upon her, and when the doctor saw those, his voice grew quiet, and he said this was a queerer business than he thought. Mrs. Sylvester said then, Queer? I should say it is criminal. She has made a policeman come. It is for that reason they have locked me in my room. The policeman is asking Madeline who hurt her. She is saying, Peter Quick did it. And the gentlemen are answering, Peter